So I want to talk about, I want to talk about pursued by God, us being pursued by God. I want to start with a verse in Psalm chapter 19, verse 1 through, 1 through 4. So Psalm 19, 1 through 4 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the, the firmament shows his handiwork. So I, I want to start out there where God is at, okay? And then I'm going to bring God near. But before we bring God near, before you think he's a man, just another man, before you think he's that casual, I want you to see him as he is. I want you to see how big God is, okay? So the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day they utter speech. How many of you know there's speech in, in space? There is. Heartbeats and all kinds of things. Day unto day they utter speech. Night unto night they reveal knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. In them he has set the tabernacle for the sun. So this scripture declares that the firmament, the heavens declare the glory of God. Say that phrase with me. The heavens declare the glory of God. One more time. The heavens declare the glory of God. So keep this in mind. It's hard for us to comprehend the heavens, standing in our backyard looking at a handful of stars, and we see them every night, and these beautiful moons that come out, and that's kind of what we think. We see the sun and a few clouds going by, and that one little square that we can see feels like the heavens, but that's not the heavens at all. As a matter of fact, when God said, let there be light, the speed of light came out of God's mouth at 186,000 miles per second. Now think about that. The speed of light is 186,000 miles per second, which means this, you can go around the entire earth seven times every second. Can your mind even think that fast? Mine, mine has a hard time comprehending that. So think about if you could go around the earth, make seven complete rotations around the earth every single second, that is how, the, how fast the speed of light is. Now, the reason it's important to understand the speed of light is because that's the only measurement that we've come up with to measure the universe. We can't measure the universe in miles. We have no calculation for that. So we measure the universe at, with light years. Now let me explain what that means. So a light year means if you traveled one year at the speed of light. So think about that. You can go around the earth and one se seven times every second, if you could travel at that speed for one whole year, you would be five 0.88 trillion miles from the earth. Think about that. Not billions, but billions is a, you know, it's not a hundred billion, it's a thousand billion is a trillion. So think about that. It's sometimes it's these numbers are so vast we can't even comprehend it. So you'd be 5.88 billion miles from Earth in one year if you could travel the speed of light. So understanding that, let me show you our neighborhood from God's view, okay? So this is where we live. This, this is called the Milky Way galaxy, all right? So we live from God's view. Now there's many galaxies, just thousands and thousands of galaxies. 
This is just one of them, and we live in the Milky Way. Now, before you think that is the sun, that is not the sun, that is the center of the Milky Way galaxy that is spinning and creating planets. And, and there's many, many planets and galaxies. So here's what you need to know. When God said, let there be light, and the world started creating, that's never stopped. So every, you know, every single day, there are not new planets born, there are new galaxies born. All right, so think about that. Every day, not new planets, not that God made another earth, God is making another. Galaxies are still being produced in the upper atmosphere. So I want you to see how big our God is. Okay, so here is where we live. We live in the Milky Way galaxy. Now let me show you from the Milky Way galaxy where our neighborhood is. So go to the next screen, if you will, guys. This is where we live, all right? So that is not pointing to our earth. That is pointing to our solar system. Now, how many of you know that our solar system, they told me all my life we had nine planets. Now they declared Pluto as a star, so we only have eight planets now. Who knows? You know, so if you hear me say nine, that's what I was told my whole life. My kids corrected me which is not the first time. But anyway, they, they told me that, uh, that we now have eight planets. So what you're looking at there is not our planet, not even our sun. You're looking at our solar system among many other solar systems in the Milky Way galaxy, which is one of millions of galaxies. Okay, so here we are inside this little place Here we are, how long, how big is the, is the Milky Way galaxy? Let me show you that. I think we got ahead of ourselves here, there we go. Now remember I told you that if you traveled at the speed of light, that in 100, at 186,000 miles per second, that if you traveled at the speed of light in one year, you could, you could reach 5.88 trillion miles in one year. So how long would it take us to travel across our galaxy? 100,000 years. No, not 100,000 years, 100,000 light years. Traveling, I mean, I, I can't even wrap my head around this. It's so vast. And that is just our galaxy. That is not the universe. The heavens declare the glory of God. All I'm talking about right now is just where we live. So in the middle of all of this, 100,000 light years to measure that, in the middle of that, we live here. Show me that again, guys. In the middle of that galaxy, this is our neighborhood. And if you zoom in on our neighborhood, you would see this planet called Earth. And here's the most amazing thing. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and not, he didn't mention Pluto, Jupiter, Mars. There's only one place that we have found in the universe that can sustain life, and that's Earth. Now, I, whatever your belief is in extraterrestrial activity, keep it to yourself. Um, <laughs> but let me tell you what I believe. I believe what the Bible tells me, and I believe that the Bible says, um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the Earth. And here's the most amazing thing about the Earth, that if the size of our planet 
was 10% larger or 10% smaller, it could not sustain life. Not only that, if the size of our planet was, see, our planet is unusual because it's tilted. Have you ever seen the rotation of the earth? It's like we're sideways. Now, I know that's not how it feels. I mean, here we, we can walk on the ground because of gravity, but our earth is literally tilted this way and spinning around the sun and the moon is spinning around us and we're tilted this way. As a matter of fact, we're tilted 23%. So try that. Everybody try to lean 23%. There you go. There you go. That's earth. You're leaning. Oh, Frank and Linda, they leaned into each other. That's the way to lean, buddy. If you're going to lean, that's the way to lean. All right? So, so, so the earth is leaning 23%. And if it did not lean 23%, then the earth would cool off to the point that the entire earth would become an icicle. So we have to, this distance from the sun, and if we were any closer to the sun, the entire earth would implode in fire. So here is this unique place in all of these galaxies, in all of this universe, you have this unique place called Earth, and somewhere on that Earth is you. Somewhere on this vast Earth with billions of people is the street that you live on. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. Let me show you another view of Earth. We sent out something called uh, the Voyager in 1977, it traveled for 13 years before it could ever send us a picture back. And when this is the picture that once the Voyager spent, uh, traveled for 13 years, there were 3.7 billion miles from the Earth. They sent back images. Each image was, was um, 640,000 pixels. And, or excuse me, that's, that's, uh, that's, how much, that's how many pixels could be downloaded. Let me read this right so I'm not giving you the wrong information. Obviously, I didn't invent this. I'm giving you facts here. The Voyager reached 3.7 billion miles from the Earth and sent back these images. Each picture had 640,000 pixels. They sent, six, they sent 60 images, and it took five and a half hours to send one pixel. Okay, so... Every picture had 640,000 pixels. They sent 60 of those, so this took years. So I hope you appreciate this picture because it took them years to just develop this picture, this one picture. So that is what the Earth looks like from, from three billion miles away. So three billion miles, and here we are. This is, this is um, zooming in on that. That is us from God's perspective. So that's our little blue marble. And you thought you had a good view from, from the first class of the plane. So here we are, we are here in the earth, and God says, in the beginning, 
God created the heavens, all of this, but I want some places different. I want some place that's unique. I'm gonna create besides the heavens, I'm gonna create the earth. And then I'm gonna put people on that earth. And I'm gonna sustain them unlike any other planet in the universe, I'm gonna sustain them. I'm not gonna sing this song, but I could because I know the tune. I would like to quote it though. This song was written many years ago. Though man may strive to go beyond the reach of space, to crawl beyond the distant shimmering stars, this world's a room so small within the master's house, the open sky is just a portion of his yard. So how big is God? How big and wide his vast domain? To try and tell these lips can only start. He's big enough to rule this mighty universe, yet small enough to live within my heart. So here you have this big God who has this massive universe that he creates and is still creating, yet he creates earth and says, I want something different from the earth that I've never had before. I want relationships. So if you wanna know why God made us, God made us because God is wanting a relationship with you and a relationship with mankind. What we think sometimes is our pursuit of God is actually just our response to God's pursuit of us. We think that we're reaching to find him when all, of the, all the time he's pulling us sometimes separating us, sometimes, for lack of a better word, scaring us a little bit to say, come to me. How many of you want your kids to come to you when, you're, when they're scared? Anybody ever remember, it's been a while for me, anybody remember crawling in the bed with your parents? Any of you got kids, your kids crawl in the bed with you, right? You know that all too well. There's something amazing about crawling in the bed with somebody bigger than you when you're scared. There's something amazing about somebody bigger than you hovering around you when you're scared. And that's what God is saying. I will do whatever it takes to be known. So let me ask you this question. If you were God and you were that big, how would you be known? How would you make yourself known to people that you wanted a relationship? And why would God make us in his image? And why would God want a relationship with people who mess up and fail and some even doubt his existence and, and we're inconsistent, we're up and down and high and low and excited and depressed? I mean, it's like we are, the, we are just like that. Anybody besides the person sitting beside of you like that? Yeah, of course, we're, we're all like that in one extreme or another, we're all like that. And God says, even with all of that, I want you. So God reveals himself to us. One of the ways, and I don't have time, this is a whole sermon right here, but one of the ways that God reveals himself to, to us is through creation. There is no better place in the world to sense God's presence or to pray than outside in nature. If you, you know, some people have prayer gardens. I go on prayer hikes. I've been doing it for years. When I really need to hear from God, I show up missing with a backpack 
and a bottle of water, and I, and I hike some, sometimes, my wife will tell you, I've been going for a week at a time. You know, I just go away until I hear God speak. I, I call it the prophet's exercise. I find me a wilderness somewhere, and I just walk and walk till I'm exhausted, and then I stay there, and I camp, or whatever I gotta do, and then I just keep on walking, because there is no place better to get a word from God than standing in the middle of everything. Every day is a bouquet. Every rainbow is a promise. Every cloud is a chariot. Every burst of wind is his breath blowing on you. You will never have a greater experience with God than when you just get outside and everything he made around you to prove his existence. That's why God put Adam and Eve in a garden. He wanted them close to him. So Romans 1 and 20 says, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that we are without excuse. You know, I was kind of sharing a little bit of this in staff meeting this morning with some of the team here at Ramp OCI, and Ashley quoted this verse, so I'm gonna give Ashley props for that. She said, in the New Living Bible, Dr. B, do you remember when it said this, and so this is James 1 and 18, he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all of his creations, became his prized possession. Out of all the, really? God loves me more than a sunset? God loves me more than the ocean? Really, God loves me more than the galaxy? You telling me that God loves me more than the Milky Way? God loves me more than the, a full moon lit night? And God loves me more than the stars of the universe? Out of all of his creation, he likes you the most. If you don't feel special, you ought to right now. Out of all of his creation, of all the things he's done, all the greatness to his name, he likes you the most. So God calls to you. Now what you think sometimes is you calling to God is actually you answering God. You, you wouldn't even know him if he didn't awaken your spirit. You know, I, I, I agree with the Baptists on this point, by the way, that they talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit at salvation. So this is what I believe in. I believe that you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit at salvation, and then you're filled with the Holy Spirit later. There's a big difference. But it's the Holy Spirit that comes inside of you and dwells inside of you, and then he flows out of you, which is what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But if he didn't come into you and dwell in you, you would still be dead in your spirit. He is the one who awakened you. He is the one that opened your eyes. He is the one that filled you with joy. He is the one that made you long for him. Before you were saved, you didn't long for God. Before you were saved, you didn't want him. As a matter of fact, there's people who curse his name and never feel a thing of it. But once he awakens your spirit, once he comes inside of you, there is like a magnet inside of you that says, I I want to know him. I just have to reach him. Whatever I have to do, I need to know him. The apostle Paul said, oh, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and even in the fellowship of his suffering. He said, even in my suffering, I know God more. In his resurrection, if God's blessing me, I know him more. But even in my pain, I know him more. Where can I go? The psalmist David said, where can I go to flee his presence. If I make my, if I fly to the heavens, lo, he is there. Even if I make my bed in hell, God didn't do it to me. But if I mess up my life so bad that I made up my bed in hell, even there, he'll be my first visitor. Even there, he will show up and be at my side.
So where can I go to escape his presence? The answer is nowhere. I have a little granddaughter right now who has this little habit, and she's, she's five, just, just turned six, and she's always asking her nana and I, she says, if I did this, would you still love me? And I said, of course I would love you. Well, if I did this, would you still love me? And she's just in that place. She must have heard something at school. You know how that goes. And so she comes up to me. She comes up to us all the time and says, would you still love me no matter what? If I did this and I said, listen, you can stomp on my toe, spit in my face and slap me. Your mom's going to whip you, but I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to love you. Really? I said, don't try it because you're going to get in trouble. But Papa's going to keep loving you. And that's the way God is. You can't make God stop loving you. See, one of the titles that God gives himself in the Bible is God the divorcee. Do you know that? That's one of his titles that he, that he gave himself. He said, he said, you may walk away from me, but I'm never walking away from you. You divorce me if you want to, but I will follow you all the days of your life. And the last breath you hear will be mine saying, I want you back. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand His kingdom around the world.